0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 97 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. As always, I'm your host. Exciting show for everybody today. It's a big show, long show. Uh, We've got plenty of rugby news to talk about. We have Joe Harvey from uh, MLR, the Rugby Network, freelance writer coming on to talk a little bit about the the state of rugby in the United States, and we get into some cricket talk, too. So there's a little bit of everything in the show uh looking forward to jumping into it so we're going to we're going to start the show the same way that we do every week and that's by jumping into the breakdown we'll start with some MLR news there's a lot of MLR news and probably the two biggest pieces of MLR news are that two MLR head coaches are on their way to Super Rugby Australia sides in 2022 The first being L.A. Giltini's head coach, Darren Coleman, signed a three-year deal to become the head coach of the New South Wales Waratahs. And New England Free Jacks head coach, Ryan Martin, signed a two-year deal to become the attack coach for the Melbourne Rebels. Uh, And I think this is good for the league right now. You know, it sucks for these teams that are losing their coaches for better opportunities, high-paying opportunities. Um, But if people are getting plucked from the competition, that means that it's worth something and that they're doing something right. It's kind of like the XO situation is how I'm looking at it. You know, the XO situation, uh, the program's working because guys are getting signed out of the XO program so quickly. Um, but, but I guess the question kind of goes for, like, how long is this acceptable? Uh, and, and, you know, you don't want it to turn into a college football situation where coaches are jumping ship from group of five schools to power five schools. Being a CSU alumni, I've seen that before. And I'm not saying that's bad now because it's not. And the, the league is still so new and young. Uh, just something that, you know, I'm thinking about, like, when is it become unacceptable to, well, unacceptable, I don't even know if it's the right word. When does it become really like a, a pain that that's happening that, you know, MLR isn't as seen as, you know, an equal competition just yet. But that's not the case right now. This is good right now. Um, just so, you know, an idea, some food for thought. What's the cap? Is it, is it a 20 years? Is it, you know, at 30 years, when people start to look at MLR as a, as a destination, as, as somewhere they want to be and somewhere they want to build, you know, rather than a stepping stone, you know, it's just some food for thought. Because like I said, I don't think that's the case now. The The league's still so young that, um, you know, every every direction you move is, is most likely going to be up. Uh, but but it will eventually get to a point where that's not the case anymore. And that's just, you know, something to think about. Uh, so that that's that. There's some more Free Jack news. The Free Jacks also announced that they're moving to Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy, Massachusetts. They'll play one match here there this year, and then move there full time in 2022. Last little bit of M L R news. Saul Mooching of the San Diego Legion announced that he had played his final match for the Legion last weekend. Uh, he is over in England right now for the, the USA Test match on the 4th of July. But it'll be interesting to see where he turns up because he's a hell of a player. One of the best players in the league, to be honest. Uh, another crossover guy played football at University of Washington. Uh, and I think the, the sky's the limit for him. There, There's plenty of opportunity and it's going to be cool to see where he ends up. because I think it's going to be somewhere cool and interesting. Moving into some Colorado XO news this week. Uh, there's no real Colorado XO news this week, honestly. I've heard some rumblings about a few more guys signing here for some other teams uh, in the next few days, possibly. So I will, of course, have some content out about the signings when those go down. Uh, I went to Seattle last weekend, as I was talking about on the show uh, last week that I was going to go, but I went out to check out the Giltinis, play the Seawolves, and the hottest weekend ever in the history of the city. Got to see the some former Exos, Jalen Robinson, Maake Moody, Like some solid minutes in that win. It's good to see these guys keep getting these minutes, continuing to improve, keep playing good rugby, keep helping their team win. That's what it's all about. Uh, Talked to Tawny Tupo. He was there. It was fun to to catch up with Tawny watching the game. Uh, And then I got to talk to some former Raptors too. I got to talk to Ryan James, Blake Rogers, John Ryberg. Uh, Didn't get to say what's up to Marco, but it's good to see all those guys. I just wish that it wasn't so hot over there in the Pacific Northwest. Sounds like it's back to normal now. It's just... It's me. I'm bad luck. I brought the the you know super human hot heat to to the Pacific Northwest, but uh, it was a good time. I'm glad I got to see all those guys. Close out the breakdown with some Eagles news. Uh, Eagles have announced their team to take on England on the fourth of July at Twickenham. Former Raptor Mika Cruse from last year is starting at the eleven. He's we're gonna be playing wing. That'll be his first cap. So I'm really looking forward to see how Mika does. Should be fun. You know, I get into it a little bit with Joe, but. Just kind of what is the you know what would be considered a success for the Eagles on this tour? Do they have to try to steal a match? Do they have to just try to be competitive, uh, you know, because they have some big stuff coming up with, uh, excuse me, Ireland in the fall at uh, wherever the Raiders play, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, the day before Halloween. They've got of course some some uh, qualifier matches against Canada. And a South American team to be determined in the fall as well. So you're just trying to build up some momentum for those things, uh, whatever. Nevertheless, I'm looking forward to looking, you know, watching this game, seeing how they do. It'll be nice to see them back in action after a couple of long years. Uh, it's really been what almost two years since they played. So it'll be good to see that again. Uh, it should be nice and fun. So we'll of course, talk about that and all the rugby you can watch this weekend here in a couple of minutes. On the women's side of things, though, uh, the Eagles will play their, will close their second daily training environment period of 2021 with the Stars versus Stripes intra-squad squirt- scrimmage. That's kind of a tongue twister at Infinity Park on July 10th. That match will be closed to the public, but it will be streamed live on USA Rugby's Facebook page, so people will be able to watch that. And that's crazy that July 10th is next weekend, right? It should be next Saturday. So we'll talk about that on the show next week, of course. That leads us into all the rugby that you can watch this weekend, and I guess before we get too deep into all the rugby you can watch this weekend, I'm going to address that I'm going to mess some of this up. I'm going to miss some matches. There's so many test matches going on this weekend. These are the ones that I know of and I can find broadcast information for. I apologize in advance, so this week, this is some of the rugby you can watch this weekend. Don't come for me. So, in order... Uh, we'll start with Samoa versus Samari All Blacks on Friday at 10 p.m. You can watch out on Fro- Flow Rugby. I'm having a hard time saying words today. Uh, but if you do watch this match, you'll see friend of the program and former Colorado Raptors eight-man Sam Slade in the number six jersey for Samoa. Sam Slade had to be the, like, 10th ten, like, episode. He was early, early on. Uh, big fan of Sam Slade. He played last week. He was playing number five. So it'll be fun to watch. You can catch out on Flow Rugby. Uh, second match we're going to talk about here is Tonga versus New Zealand All Blacks. That's on Saturday at 1 a.m. Catch that one on Flow Rugby as well. Ireland versus Japan. That'll be on Saturday at 5 a.m. You can watch that on Flow Rugby as well. These are uh, If you're getting the the pattern and the hint here, these are all on Flow Rugby. So these were easy to find. But the other ones, I just couldn't find broadcast information for them. Wales versus Canada will uh, be on Saturday at 7 a.m. That one will also be on Flow Rugby. We've got British and Irish Lions versus Emirates Lions on Saturday at 10 a.m. That will be on Peacock or NBC Sports, one of the two. Not entirely sure, but they're all connected. On Sunday, Fourth of July Independence Day, at 7 a.m. Mountain Time, we have England taking on the United States. That will be on Flow Rugby as well. Again, very much looking forward to that. That's how you can watch it. Moving into some MLR fixtures this weekend, we're in round 16. Looks like we only got four matches. I know there's some buys. So we got the Seattle Seawolves at San Diego Legion on Saturday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. That will be on CBS Sports Network. And on Saturday at 2 p.m. Mountain Time, we have Rugby United New York versus the New England Free Jacks. That one will also be on the Rugby Network. Well, that will be the, only, the first one on the Rugby Network. I guess the only one on the Rugby Network, too, as I'm looking towards the rest of these fixtures. Moving into Sunday on the 4th of July at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, we have Old Glory D.C. at the Toronto Arrows. And then to round out the weekend, we have Nola Gold at Los Angeles Giltini's. That is on Sunday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, maybe 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Might have written that down wrong. Sunday evening, that'll be on Fox Sports 1. So you got plenty of rugby to watch Saturday. You know, you got to get up early Watch USA take on England before your your 4th of July barbecues, and then you can squeeze in a couple of matches before fireworks start going off so you get a jam-packed 4th of July full of rugby. Feels good to say that. I'm not sure that's ever happened before. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Please let me know. And like I said at the top of this, I'm almost positive that I missed some test matches. So I'm sorry, but I did the best I could. So that's some of the rugby that you can watch this weekend. Moving into the interview portion of the show, I already talked about a little bit. But we have Joe Harvey, Uh, good conversation with Joe Harvey. We cover a little bit of everything. We talked MLR, we talked Eagles, we talked XOs, we talked cricket, uh, it was a good conversation about an hour long, so I won't ramble on too much. So with that introduction, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with Joe Harvey. All right. Now, welcome back onto the show. Sports writer, Joe Harvey, Joe, how's it going, man? It's been over a year since I talked to you last time.
1: Oh, over a year already. Do uh, you know? And the thing is, that feels like yesterday. But um, uh, no. yeah, things are really good. Things are good. We're there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. We're allowed outside again. I've had one of my shots. So yeah, not too bad. Perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know it's been kind of weird here in Denver. You know, they rescinded the mask order because like X amount of people are vaccinated. Or oh, you know, it's been about a month, over a month now, and it just feels like yeah, it feels like it's just kind of over. And I know it's not yet and maybe that's bad to say, but like I can go to a restaurant and not be worried about, you know, there's a 12 people in there, I, you know, it's it's just it's so nice to be able to do stuff again. I think a lot of people are feeling that way. And I was gonna say too, yeah, it is crazy how in quarantine and the pandemic, it felt like the, the days drug along because you were doing the exact same thing stuck in the house for a whole day. But at that same time, like the weeks and the months flew, it felt like I don't know if that's how it felt like for me. I don't know if you're in the same boat.
1: No, I think I am because, like, I think I look back at this time last year, and I look because obviously I, I think we all get the same thing when there's notifications come on, on our phone saying one year ago today and yeah. all this, that, and the other, and it still feels like it was yesterday, and that's testament to how quickly things went because we just, I think, especially like writers and uh, I suppose there's certain professions that actually we were able to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of access to players and this, that, and the other, and just the opportunities to write about what sport would look like after COVID and all that right. kind of stuff. So like for me. It, it flew by and it, it, to be fair, it, it's really changed the way that we do journalism over here in particular, mm. um, because it used to be the, fe- the case that you had to drive in somewhere. Right. So you had to drive to Gloucester to, to do like a, a day, like a media day, whereas sure. now it's just all over Zoom. So you can actually have the access to the players that a year before you would you'd literally be living out of a suitcase. for five That's days.
0: interesting. I've had conversations with other people, too. Uh, about when that's gonna like when if ever that will go back to normal. Like when are teams going to give up, you know, the control that they do have over Zoom because that while that is good that is also combinate. Kind of like I was talking to some people that cover college sports here and they're like, yeah, it kind of stinks because they trot out like two guys and everyone writes the exact same thing. You know, like going there and and, and you know talking to different people and maybe you want to talk to this role player about their hobby not not necessarily about you know their role in the game or something like that so i see what you're saying too yeah it just you know it's a it's just such a weird time still even when we're coming out of it it feels a lot better there's still just so much different things going on you know speaking of that joe you've been a busy man so what have you been up to (laughs) how have you been doing tell us all the things like we i introduced you as sports writer but that does not do it justice uh you're doing a lot of stuff for a lot of different publications I know you've been doing stuff with MLR, of course, a lot of stuff with the Rugby Network now that uh, that's in full swing. Just what you, what have you been doing, man? Tell us all about it.
1: Just trying to keep busy and out of trouble. I think that's probably the easiest way of putting yeah. it, isn't it? We're all, um, we're all
0: trying to do that.
1: <laughs> exactly. For that, yeah, no, it's, as you say, just been busy. Like, I think I'm um, doing the one piece a week for MLR. And then on top of that, now the one piece for the Rugby Network a week, trying to keep my because obviously I think we mentioned it before. It's tough with the time differences and stuff for me to kind of actually be a hundred percent on it with MLR sometimes, because sometimes a, a match might yeah. not kick off until like two, two or three o'clock in the morning. Right. What and time is
0: it? What time is it right there for you right now? For those listening, it's like it's noon just, here in Colorado.
1: Yeah. So it's just turned seven o'clock here. Okay. 7. PM. Okay. So it's what, seven hours. So it's not yeah. awful. Like you can do it. It just depends, especially with players they're not often available in the mornings because mm-hmm. like, it's usually a bit cooler in the afternoon. That's when they go inside and do all their work or like the kind of like analysis of all the teams and their own performances. So you're often like, I think for my interview this week, that's going out today. So I can say it anyway. So I yeah, spoke to JP will, Smith. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. This will be out on uh, tomorrow. So if if not, we can you know, adjust things, but.
1: Is yeah. That, that okay? So I spoke to JP. Yeah. That's that's probably okay, fine. Cool. Uh, so I spoke to JP Smith of Seattle. And this was the first time and I think I actually think it's been 12 months since this has happened. I spoke to JP at two o'clock in the morning in the UK
0: Mm.
1: and to say the next day was a write off is putting things mildly. But um, (laughs) yeah, so like that. So that's sometimes what I have to contend with. But the thing is, at the end of the day, work's work. And if you've got to do it, you've got to do it. And that's kind of just the way I look at it. It's work. I have to do it, especially I mean, obviously, we say sports writer, but like it's it's freelance as well. So you've got to make sure you
0: yeah you get paid it's up at the to end you, of the day. And it's up to you to get all the work in and make sure those cash are, or those checks are cash. And excuse me, Yep, wear a lot of different hats. And I didn't even mean yeah. to exclude like all. You still do all the stuff for talking rugby union? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so I still do talking rugby union. I think uh, three to four pieces a week, and then mm-hmm. like match reports and all that kind of stuff on top of that. When I go to games, like I was at the I was at the Lions game on Saturday, which is amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Like I I think the last time that the Lions played a home game in terms of, you know, in the UK and Ireland, I was six. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I had to, I really did actually have to go to that because I think I would have been kicking myself if I didn't. Um, So, yeah, so I do the match, but I do match reports, like columns, all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, yeah, the rugby network, one to two pieces a week, depending on what's required. Um, Nationally, national leagues rugby which is over here it's divisions three and four uh, and then also some stuff I, I work for the kind of the RFU on a subcontracted basis where I work about I do this premier 15s and the championship rugby stuff Very nice. so i many different hats
0: <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of sports to watch I'm sure a lot of people are jealous of that but I know firsthand like that could be a chore. So like, sometimes you don't you want to watch the sports, right? You want to, you know, hang out with your friends or watch a movie or something, but that's a, that's brutal, man. So tell me what you like standard MLR weekend, because we just mentioned the time difference like what's your weekend look like? I know you can't be watching all these matches live. I'm sure the rugby network has been a huge help now that it's all on demand type of stuff a little bit after. So like, give me the breakdown of your weekend. Like when are, when are you starting watching these matches? You know, how are you, when are you getting this piece up and out to just tell me about all that?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a really good kind of point you make there because sometimes you just have to wait for the earliest match. You just have to, that's the one you watch. That's the one you watch the full 80 of. And it, that's kind of that's sometimes just the way you've got to roll with it and it's a bit of a pain because sometimes you'd like to watch the bigger game that's going to be at four o'clock in the morning but you can't bring yourself to go to sleep to then wake up again and then go back to sleep again because it's just not going to work and I've had it too many times now where say do you remember I mean I, I'm sure you remember but last year when I was doing the um, I was doing the, the weekly roundups before yeah. Dude, uh, those, the Ruby Network. those <laughs> are brutal
0: <laughs> those are brutal to do by yourself I remember those my friend
1: yeah, so I was doing those and then I'd be going to sleep. So the, the, the best example I've got is it was in like March 2020, just before COVID shut down the world. And it, it was already starting to shut down in some places of the world. but um, So I did, I was watching, it was the Toronto game against ATL where they lost quite late on. And it's weird that I remember that so clearly actually. And it finished at three o'clock in the morning. Um, and then... The next morning, I woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning after filing, uh, having filed my match reports for the weekend at 3 o'clock in the morning. Then woke up at 7 o'clock, was on a train at half past 8. And I went to London and did England versus Wales men and women's games before going home again.
0: (laughs) That is brutal, man. I'm sure like once that's all over, though, and you do finally get to lay down, whether it be a day or two later, that's probably such a nice sleep, though.
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's the most interrupted sleep you'll ever have in your life. But I mean, because now I don't have the commitments of writing the match reports, it kind of has made life a bit easier in that I can kind of flip between watching highlights on a, on a Sunday or a Monday, whenever they're uploaded. Um, And sometimes that's just sometimes the easiest way because unfortunately, I mean, obviously I'm not on like a big, it's not my job to analyze these games really in depth. So, I just kind of need to know the key events, who's playing well at the minute, who's in good form. And if we sometimes uh, you see a good defensive I'm in, set. In I'm that. in the
0: same boat as you, man. Like, that's I've taken full advantage of those like game melts where, you know, I don't have time to sit down and watch six matches a weekend. You know, I, I can watch, you know, two or three, and then the other two or three, I will, you know, just watch the game melts and that gives you a decent idea. And you're right, I'm not having a breakdown. Every little detail in this, you know, Eastern Conference match, I can I can pick yeah. out the big stuff and keep it moving, uh, and then eventually, just the way it works out with the timing, like I'll see every I'll see every team play a few times. You get a decent idea of you know where people stand and how it goes and and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, like, I think what I miss and what I'd love, and obviously, it's it's just impossible at the minute. I'd love to be there, like every like just for a weekend and just experience what it's actually like to be like i mean for example obviously you were at seattle the weekend weren't you in the yeah from what i understood the searing heat
0: it was dude it was miserable i've been to that was my third time i've been to seattle i've never i don't think i've ever been anywhere that it was that hot like i've been in phoenix in april and i remember that being really hot but that that was that was awful and i had seen i wasn't you know i wasn't out there with a temp gun but i had seen you know things floating around on the internet that they hit that turf They play on that starfire with the temp gun, and it read 150 degrees Fahrenheit, so that's freaking hot. And like I said, I I talked to to some of the XO guys after the game and you know, just like shaking their hand, it felt like they had just gone swimming. So, uh, honestly, surprised nobody got hurt or anything from the heat. But that was uh, yeah, that was was quite the weekend. And then I, you know, talking to people yesterday, I was like, Oh, yeah, it's dropped down 30 degrees, it's nice and cloudy and cool again. Like, (laughs) I was literally there for the hottest weekend in the history of the city
1: it's crazy and like but the thing is you see the guys that are going to tokyo and the girls that are going to tokyo now and they're already having to get in like 40 plus degree baths to acclimatize their bodies to what japan's going to be like and you kind of you sit there and you look at it, you just like this is crazy this mm-hmm. is mental like i've seen guys like harry mcnulty today he was in a 40 plus degree bath for about half an hour or something
0: that's yeah that's insane that's insane it, it, just and then I know this weekend, just like a freak, freak incident, but yeah, to to have to prepare yourself to play on that, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's nuts, man. I don't know if I could do it. But speaking of no. speaking of the MLR job, I got some rapid fire questions to ask you. Uh, so we'll just kind of rip through these. You can give me like a little bit of reasoning on each of them. So the first one is which team are you impressed by this season?
1: Oh, good question. Um, I'm gonna go with Utah on that one, I think. I think going into the season, I distinctly remember saying this. I said, "If they get their forward pack going well, they're going to be one of the best, the hardest teams to beat." Because you, all, there was there is obviously star power in the backs, but not in terms of the way that they have like they have Oli Khalifi, they have Paul Mullen, they have Angus McClellan. and then right. you know there's depth there as as well as they're just being quality. Like, right? and sometimes that's kind of a different thing. Because you can have depth, but if the two guys that are the replacement tight head props are rubbish, then that's not going to mean anything, is it? So yeah,
0: do you really um, have depth? Then I guess the question becomes: Right,
1: you have people that will take the
0: fill in the spots and and take up the space, but if they're not doing much, what are they? You know, what are they really doing for you?
1: Exactly, and and obviously like Hagen Schultz is a a metronomic fly half, come centre, come fullback, and then like Mika Cruz, him getting picked up. Was a great move by Brandon Sparks and the team, and he's lit up the scene since he got there. He's he's
0: had a monster year. I I know, like, a lot of people, I feel like you heard a lot, especially, you know, being around the Raptors as much as I was. A lot of people being like, you know, Mika's he's so talented, he's so young, because he still is only 22. I think he just like freshly 22. When he finally, you know, puts it all together and he continues to develop, like, he's going to be hell on wheels. And this has kind of been his coming out party where every week it's. There's Mika scoring another try. There's Mika and Mikey Tao, you know, running some crazy line, and fancy, you know, passes and stuff. Like, that. He, he just really had an awesome year. So I think Utah is the best answer. And I remember going back to the beginning of the season on an episode I did in March, and, and one of the things I said about Utah is I always, you know, these last three years, I've always expected Utah to be a lot better than they actually are. And this is the year where – you know they've kind of put it all together so it's really very risk realistically been like a slow build like you can now looking back in hindsight you can see like adding this player or doing this it's all coming together and it's it's melted into you know what is you know it could be their their first playoff uh, you know playoff appearance and and they're as good as anybody to win the win the title this year
1: yeah exactly exactly and that's the team that's one of the teams that lost their head coach right before the start of mm-hmm. the
0: season Right. So, yeah, to even overcome all that, too, it, it speaks a lot about the the metal that they have. Uh, so on, on another note, Joe, it's a team that, that's kind of like been a disappointment this season. And we don't mean to say that to be harsh, but, you know, you have you have some expectations going into the year and not everybody can can live up to them. So what's a team that's kind of, you know, underperformed?
1: Yeah, that's kind of a funny one. Yeah, like As you say, I mean, the thing is when you kind of first sent me the question and said who would you potentially put it was like in my head i went toronto but then actually when i rationalized it yeah they possibly shouldn't have even got this as is a, much the, as they did
0: the season is a wash for toronto exactly like they went on that streak i think in april and like the beginning of may where they were smashing people like they outscored in two weeks it was like 150 to like 30 or something like those numbers aren't accurate but yeah. To, for even to them, for them to have that much success was amazing because they realistically have been on a four month road trip, like where they've been, yeah. they haven't been home. So the season I feel like is just a wash for them, honestly.
1: Yeah. So I think if if we had to be really honest, we probably have to stick in the West, wouldn't we? I think because even the East was competitive for quite a long period before yeah. injuries really took their toll. Um, it's between San Diego and Seattle, isn't it? Yeah. Realistically.
0: Right, that's. I mean, it's fair. I feel like Seattle, kind of a, kind of an easy answer in a way because they are the only team that's ever won a championship in the MLR. But they did have some struggles, you know, in twenty twenty. Like that wasn't shaping out to be the best season of all time for them. Um, I think San Diego, yeah, San Diego has been, you know, and again, they're they're kind of in that same page as Toronto where yeah, exactly. they didn't have a home ground for. You know, more than half the season they're playing in Las Vegas. They're playing in L.A. They're moving all around. So it's just, yeah. It was. I guess I guess the answer to this question is it's not really fair for a- anybody. Seattle, I guess, is the is the answer. We, you know, just based on the history of the, of the franchise and the organization. But COVID has yeah. taken such a toll on the season that you know it's it's. And maybe I'm ruining the next thing. But the, the biggest surprise <laughs> of the season to me and I'll, I'll look at your opinion on this, Joe, has just been that they've been able to play every match. Like, I thought COVID was going to be such a bigger deal because it every other league in America, you know, the NBA, the MLB, um, hockey's had some stuff. You know, the NFL, the Broncos had to freaking play a wide receiver at quarterback. Like, it, COVID has had their it, its impact on every other league, and MLR has re- been relatively unharmed in terms of Matches taking place. I think there was one instance at the you know round one where they had to move a game back a day, um, yeah. and, and with the exception of Toronto not being able to go back to Toronto and San Diego just now getting their home ground situation ironed out, it's been relatively untouched. So that's that's my biggest surprise of the season, Joe. Sorry to steal your thunder there. What is your biggest surprise of no. the season?
1: Well, the thing, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with your sentiments as well, actually, because that. That it was, was Nola or, uh, or Gloria, wasn't it, on the open yeah. weekend of the season that got yeah, moved it was, and then it ended up being an absolute try fest that ended in a draw, yeah. miraculously. <laughs> um, my biggest disappointment in the season? Um, I, I just think... Oh, well, my biggest surprise of the season. Not yeah, disappointment, I was like, well, isn't it? We, we already went over that. But <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, sorry. Yeah, out. my biggest surprise. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's been... Do you know what? I, my biggest surprise of the season is how many of the draft picks have actually kind of stepped up.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, and on because, that note, I thought I thought COVID was going to play a role in that. Like, I thought guys were going to get sick and draft picks would have to play, but that really has not seemed to be the case. Honestly, it's just been they're good and they're ready to go. So, might as well trot them out there and, and let them stretch their legs.
1: Exactly, and that's the thing. And obviously, I, I did an interview with Andrew Guerra that went out last week. Now, I think, and he. He went to New Orleans in like September after the draft. So he's been there for, what, 10 months now by mm-hmm. this point. I mean, it's July now. So, yeah. So he's, he's been there for 10 months already. I think he went back for Christmas and that was it. And yeah. that's all he's been back to Chicago for. And now he's, he's, he's in England right. on an Eagles tour. <laughs> so, you know, it's quite... It's quite the rise. It's quite the rise, and I think that's probably what it is. I think it's because they've earned it. Because none of us actually really knew how many of the guys were going to be involved immediately, and on the whole, it's it's been a few. Actually, it's been a lot more than I kind of realized.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Like I said, I thought, I thought you know the the number of, of rookies playing was going to be just related to to COVID or injuries from like a weird training camp, like different circumstances, and that hasn't been the case at all. It's just been they've been playing on merit which is good for um i guess the draft and, and just to see that this pathway is is legit and you know could work given more time even like i'm excited to see what next year brings when there's more rookies you know in the pool and you know i think uh that, that was interesting i think that's a good point something i didn't think about honestly uh joe moving into who's your who's your mvp this year
1: Ooh there's a question like who's been lights out every week that's the problem like who has actually been lights out every week and it's so hard to pick someone MVP who's the most important player in the whole of MLR this is what we actually this is a big question you know Uh,
0: buddy I I can tell you firsthand like I'm living in Denver obviously in the in the time of Nikola Jokic winning the MVP so I've heard every different way this argument can be spun (laughs) There's so many different criteria, but just, you know, if you had a pick, right, obviously this is a, there's still, there's still a couple of weeks left. It all all can change in in the last couple of weeks, but you know, up to this point, we're about to enter round 16. You have, you have one off the top of your head.
1: The thing is, I want to, I want to, I don't want to do anyone disservice and say like a really big name because to be fair, the big names have stepped up, but in terms of actually, you know, Mm -hmm. been, Outstanding performance week in and week out. That's not actually always been the case. Uh, you kind of have to look. To, you, you do, unfor- not unfortunately, but you do have to look to LA. And I know that's the most obvious thing anyone's ever said, probably on this podcast ever. But um, Joe, Joe, sometimes I, I probably... keep,
0: the obvious the, the answers sometimes are right in front of your face. Like we, sometimes we don't need to muddy the waters, right? And they're, they're at <laughs> the top of the table True. for a reason. I'm sure they have a plenty of guys that could probably. Uh, to win this award this year,
1: yeah. To be fair, you, yeah, you're not wrong there. I'd probably have to say Harrison Goddard, the scrum half. Mm-hmm. I think he's been outstanding. When you when you re, when you kind of realise that he's come from relative obscurity and that he's never really played Super Rugby or you know anything like that, he came from club rugby in Australia uh, and just stepped up and kind of because you know those club contracts in Australia they they're, they're, they're full time but they're not full-time it's kind of one of those so to him have had the opportunity to come over to america and be full-time basically for the first time in his career yeah i think he's been outstanding
0: yeah fair enough man i think that i think that's a a solid choice and i don't think it was uh, obvious at all (laughs) i think you know i don't think you i don't think you're you're shooting fish in a barrel necessarily (laughs) you know there's some thought that went into your pick that wasn't just you know right off the top of your head joe who you have in your final in the mlr finals you had if you had a guess
1: Oh wow! Well, I mean, I, I think because I just said one of them, LA. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's
1: probably it's probably gonna be them. Um, oh, then the the East is so difficult. This is the problem with the East because it could be New York. It could it could very well be New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, dude, I mean, or AT, ATL is still ATLs are at the rolling. top right. I think New yeah. York
0: is in second place, but it's not you know neither not. neither spot is locked in because Nola is i think like 4 points behind right now so Nola realistically mm-hmm. could sneak in and you know Wally somebody for a spot in the last week or two and i think if i'm not mistaken Nola plays Rooney i suppose i have my computer right here i could look i think Nola plays Rooney um in the so. season finale so that could end up being you know massive Massive this is leap. what I
1: mean because because of the East, we could literally say those three teams, and it could literally be one of them because it, because of how close it is, they could beat them. Yeah. So, like, this is what I mean: like ATL are up there at the top, but they could get beaten by New York. They've lost to New York twice already this season of ATL. Yeah, so we're kind of in that situation. Yeah.
0: So Nola and- Nola plays Rooney in the in the season finale in their regular season finale on Saturday, July eleventh. Um, that's at noon. So that could, you know, that could end up being massively important. And even like, I'm sorry to to cut you off, but like on that same okay. note with Utah, Utah has the toughest way to close out the season because they're, they're not guaranteed anything either, right? Like Austin is right on their heels. They're in the second spot right now, but Austin plays the Guiltinis this week. Utah plays, uh, excuse me, next weekend. Utah, I think, has a bye and then they play. Rugby ATL, so the leaders in the East who have to win because they're you know they're not guaranteed the top spot either, and they close the season out uh, against the Giltinis at home. So that's no cakewalk. So Utah is sitting, you know, they're sitting nice right now in second place. But if they don't take care of business in their last two matches, like they could have the best season they've ever had and wind up on the outside looking in. If Austin, you know, can take care of their business and and jumps up there. So it's going to be a crazy ending to the season, man. And I think that like for the finals pick, I I cut you off. So please tell us who who you think's coming out of the East, but uh, I'll give you mine afterwards. I just wanted to paint that picture for everybody to show like how much can change in these last couple of weeks. And you got to think, you know, these guys, a lot of these guys are on international duty now.
1: Well, that's the thing. Who's maybe got the deepest squad to close out the season. Maybe that is the biggest question we should be, we should be asking here. So by that logic, if we're going off that, you're going to say ATL, aren't you? I think it's going to be a, this. I'm going to <laughs> Right, it's okay. going to be the LA gilties versus uh, Rugby ATL in the final at the Coliseum um, with probably. I mean, I don't know how many fans are allowed in California at the moment. It's changing either. every day.
0: Exactly, it's full, a...
1: a full Coliseum full of college students yeah. from USC. Yeah, um, and they're not going to know what's going on, but they're going to love life.
0: <laughs> the gillies will be flowing. If that happens, I'm going to LA for the final. That's Mm. as a quick trip for me. That's like a two hour flight, if that. I'm going actually to the, I'm going to Salt Lake City in the middle of July for that for that regular season finale against the Giltini. So that I had kind of booked this trip just like I wanted to see the Giltini's play. The Seattle thing kind of came about out of nowhere and, you know, Utah's closest to me. So I was like, yeah, I'll head out there and and watch this match. And this is actually going to might end up being, you know, the biggest match of the season really so i'm looking forward to that and i'm gonna i'm gonna go i i just have this weird feeling joe and maybe it's because like the team that's not the team that has won the first two shields were not necessarily the teams that were supposed to win the first two shields you know so I, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go against you a little bit. I think, I honestly think that the Utah Warriors could be playing Ruby ATL for the final. I think Utah, they're just so scrappy, man. And, and, you know, it, it stinks with the, with the international duty coming up. That is going to throw a little bit of things off kilter. But if, if they play LA in the, you know, Western playoffs, I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to take Utah. You gotta, you gotta live life on the edge a little bit. That's what I'm going to take. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, I was talking to some people and that was one thing that was pointed out to me, like Seattle, you know, the Raptors are supposed to win the final, the first year and and that didn't end up happening. Seattle beat them in the final, arguably, uh, San Diego should have won the final, the second year, Mm -hmm. Seattle beat them in the final. So Seattle, and and maybe that's just the underdog and Seawolf mentality, but the team that, that usually is supposed to win the final doesn't win. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick, you know, pick the pattern here and I'm going to pick Utah to upset LA in the West and uh, and then face, you know, rugby ATL in the final and then anything can happen.
1: That's amazing. I mean, by the way, how good a job has Scott Lawrence done at ATL? I mean, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: It looked like, you know, a shaky, a little bit shaky early on and it's been smooth sailing ever since they come to play every week and they kind of play like mean, like, bully rugby like grind you out grind you to a pulp and they have the ability to light up the scoreboard too so it's been uh, they've been fun to watch
1: yeah very good yeah i've enjoyed them a lot
0: all right joe that's that's my mlr rapid fire that wasn't the fastest question segment of all time but that's okay i thought there's some good stuff in there so moving into to some other big news this weekend we got usa versus england uh this weekend on fourth of July, Independence Day. It's gonna be a, a wild day. Starts at seven AM here for me. So what time is that for you? Bad at math. What is that's that? That's uh,
1: two PM. Two PM, I okay. Believe. So see that on my train's all wrong. <laughs> that's
0: okay. It's it's late in the day for you. You're about to call it a night. Get started on your weekend here and uh, you know, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday for you, yeah. So uh, yeah. they just released a twenty man roster today. Who are you excited to see? There's a, of course a couple of new faces in there. And I, I'll go first because we already mentioned him. I'm really excited to see Mika finally get a get to start on the on the world stage here. I think that's going to be awesome for him. I'm looking forward to see what he does against uh, some international competition.
1: Yeah, I'm. Ob- yeah, obviously, I'm excited to see Mika. I think I, I remember saying I think when we did the podcast last year. Now, mm-hmm. I believe I said he was the most exciting player to watch for Colorado. So yeah. obviously excited to see him play, but. It's the man who's one number less than him on the pitch. Uh, I'm going to say Luke Carty, the LA mm-hmm. Hiltini's fly half/slash yeah. centre/slash fullback. Um, He's a utility man. He this, does it all. Yeah, and it's part. It's pretty much because of the story. Like the story is brilliant. I, do, I mean, shall I should I regale us, you? Tell with us. It? Yes. <laughs> so released by Connacht uh, this time last year, literally today, because obviously the way contracts are over here. 1st of July, mm. well, your contract ends on the 30th, and then the 1st, right. you're completely, you know, available for, for people to approach you. He doesn't get a contract from you with Connacht. Um, and, you know, just sitting around, kind of waiting for something to come through. And he's US qualified, and he gets a call from Adam Freer or Darren Coleman, I don't know, how, I don't yeah. know who it was. But, one of the brass
0: um, at the Giltinis hit him up.
1: Yeah, yeah, one of the big dogs. And so he then rocks up knowing he's U S qualified thinking this is my opportunity to be a professional rugby player and absolutely thrive and do what I can. And he's, he's gone out and done it. And I think that's the most important thing to, to say about it. Um, and he's a bloody good player. He's like, he's really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was really good. Do you think, you know, he had, you know, we talked about life's all about opportunities and unfortunately, you know, AJ McGinty busts up his knee. Thankfully it's not too bad, but that creates an opportunity for, for Luke to go out and show his stuff. And, I hope he makes the most of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think they're obviously, this sounds obvious again, but there's there's probably easier ways to make your international debut than going <laughs> to Twickenham. Um, and what's going to be, by the way, it's going to be a miserable day. It's going to rain. It's going to be raining. Uh. So on what's going to be a miserable day, I mean, I mean, luckily he's from Connacht, so he's probably okay with the rain. But, um, you know, it's going to be a miserable day against England. It's probably going to be a very attritional game but it gives him the opportunity to start his international career. And I, I'm my personal belief is that he is going to step up into that mantle. Um, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm looking through the team and obviously there's a few names that we already know quite a lot about. And I yeah. suppose it's names that we don't know as much about are the are the ones we're kind of going to look to and at loose head prop, David, I, oh, the thing is, I'm going to butcher this. That's okay. Name and I, I, yeah. I do
0: it every week with, you know, disclaimer, we try our best, but it's hard sometimes. And, uh, I yeah. know like one th- that you got to say like it- it's important to learn people's names but you know you're doing the best you can I do it every single week Joe so no worries <laughs>
1: okay so Lou said, prof I'm going to go with David I knew
0: yeah that sounds good to me Could, sounds, yeah. It's,
1: yeah we'll take that we'll go with that one um, <laughs> they know who you're plays about. For Toulouse. yeah exactly he's going to be winning his 10th cap at the age yes. of 21 made his debut when he was uh, 18 or 19 around that age anyway um, plays for Toulouse he's just won a top 14 he's won a European Champions Cup mm. And for me, there's a redemption story here because he left the field after three minutes against England mm-hmm. in Colbe. So, I for me, that's that. And I, I spoke to David earlier this week yeah. um, for a piece that I'm currently writing. I'm going to try and finish writing this evening. Yeah. Try, um, and he's he's a great young man and the thing is you, you want all the best for these lads especially when you consider the opportunities he's had already in his career and,
0: right the sky, yeah. this guy's is I mean, very literally the limit for him
1: exactly exactly and he speaks in glowing terms about charlie famuina Jerome kano who of course is also from american samoa yeah so it, there's there's some great stories and i just think that for him whoever he's gonna be playing against because the team's not announced until I mean, I'll put this in your time zone because it's going to be quite <laughs> the hour for you. It's going to be four a.m. Okay. when the teams announced for England.
0: I'll see you when I wake up. I'll see. I'll there see you go. bright and early when I wake up.
1: <laughs> so it'll be the first thing you see, um, and so he he could be propping against a variety of different guys because actually we don't actually know yeah. who is going to be a tight yeah. head because That's all the right. other tight heads are gone. <laughs> so yeah. we're working off the knowledge that we don't know who it's going to be. But for him, it's just a great opportunity to. Firstly, have that bit of redemption, but also show what he's learned in the last year. My only thing is that maybe because he was playing a lot of tight head towards the end of the season because of injury, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment to get back on the loose head. But Mm -hmm. he's a young lad, so he should be like elastic and just snap out
0: Exactly. Uh, So this will be the first time you see a lot of these, you know, MLR guys live in the flesh, right? Because you'll be there, right? You're covering it?
1: Yes. I'm going up on... Saturday, a uh, Sunday, most Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning. Yeah. Um. Uh, train at nine o'clock in the morning. Down to London. Get there for one. Hope, uh, get there for sorry, just after midday, hopefully. because uh, there's gonna be ten thousand fans at Twickenham at the weekend, which is not as much as the football uh, soccer. Sorry, yeah, not as much as the soccer.
0: I've been seeing. I've been seeing the the comments about all that, right? And they have like forty k, something like that.
1: Yeah, forty thousand to watch England beat uh, Germany the other day, which. Obviously a great result. And I was very happy if anyone could see my Twitter on that evening. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, definitely joy fueled by um, alcoholic uh, <laughs> substances. Um, Live it up, man. You, you you're know. a
0: busy man. you got to unwind sometime.
1: <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. and I, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that has caused a bit of debate. But do you know what? It's just great to have international rugby back at Twickenham. We were men- we had a false start last weekend. We thought England Day against Scotland Day at uh, Welford Road. Uh, sorry. I actually have to say the proper names, otherwise I get told off these days. Oh, the only yeah. woods where w- Welford road.
0: It's a, um, there's big money behind all that stuff, right?
1: It is. It's keeping, it's keeping clubs afloat is sponsorship. And that's what everyone keeps on reminding me when I don't <laughs> say it correctly. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we had a false start last weekend, but it's just great to have international rugby back. And I think that's after quite a long time. Unfortunately, you've kind of got to remember that, yeah, you'd want more than 10,000 there, but, to get international rugby back for both USA, for the USA in particular and Canada who haven't played since the world cup. Mm-hmm. It's massive. And I think sometimes that it, you have to put out a bit of context to the thing.
0: For sure. So Joe, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. What, what makes this, this summer tour for the Eagles a success? You know, what do they have to, do they have to be, what's the line? Like, do they have to just be competitive? Do they have to win, like steal one of these matches? Like what, what would leave you leaving you know these matches and thinking to yourself like man that you know that was a successful tour
1: well i mean the way i kind of see this see this tour and i'm not meaning to be disrespectful to anyone who's organized or anything like that the way i see this tour is like you know when you kind of like um really quickly boil like you parboil something
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: so like you so you, you don't cook it all the way through but you just kind of get it a bit tender on the outside but it's still the crunchy on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Kind of okay. Thing. That's how I see this tour, because literally you're playing two games the first time in 18 or so, 20, 20 months, isn't mm-hmm. it? I literally had it in that piece that the yeah, other yes Yes, exactly. It's literally been 20 months. <laughs> it's been 20 months since the USA and Canada last played rugby at international level. And you're giving them two games to firstly get back together, but then also form connections with guys that you've, A, never played with before, or B, haven't played with for 20 months. Right. Um, so I don't see it as exactly representative i just think if any if there's any sort of fluency at the end of it with any of the guys i think it's good um but i mean for individuals it's good because it showcases them i think that's kind of one way you've got to look at it for sure um, and yeah that's that's kind of the big the big thing for me is just making sure there's actually something positive comes from it because yeah you because a lot of, i mean the thing is the guys that have been playing in europe and playing a lot of rugby but the guys that have been playing in america they've had to wait for so right. long. To get back on the pitch, and they've yeah, only had a couple of months.
0: Because yeah, MLR has been the exception. Like clubs, you know, not everyone's been able to play. And yeah, obviously, these guys are all coming from MLR clubs or top level clubs elsewhere. Um, and I don't think I don't think you are wrong in saying that because, like, obviously, we all want them to do well. We want them to compete. But in the grand scheme of things, like these two tests are not, you know, what's important. Like what's important is when we get to the fall and you are actually. Play, like starting to play these qualifiers and you know fi- find your way through all that stuff. So I think what you said is accurate and fair that if they can just because they realistically, like th- I think they arrived like two days ago or something like that. Uh, so yeah, they, they're, Tuesday, gonna, they're gonna get, yeah. A, yeah, they're gonna get four or five days a, of you know a run together and then go play England. So it's. Yeah. You know what? I think, like you said, if they can put some stuff, if they can put some good stuff together and show that you know they're making progress for this stuff. Come fall, like they're going to be in good shape. So I exactly, think that, and think that's I think nice
1: also the opportunities to be on the biggest stages, is like, yeah, because obviously, and especially with the World Cup bids that have obviously that are under consideration at the minute. I think just being on the biggest stage, is playing the biggest teams, yeah, it's just um, more, and doing some good stuff,
0: more experience and more. You know, it's just a better way to. You know, add that stuff into the bank, and so that when you do get to some of those those games later on, you you can think, oh, I've been here. You know, I've played played England at Twickenham. You know, it's 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 crazy. So exactly, yeah, I think that's a that's a good fair answer. So Joe, pivoting away from some of this stuff, I uh, wanted to ask you a little bit about the Colorado Exos. That's obviously where I've been spending most of my time. So just like, what do you know? What have you seen from afar? What's your kind of initial impression off of the stuff that you have seen? Um, and if you have any questions for me, I'm happy to fill you in. <laughs> this, well, maybe, this, this, maybe will... this is
1: how it goes. Yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> this is probably how it goes because I I have, I think my knowledge of it is literally from everything you've written, oh. to be honest. Well, there you go. Um, then you know what
0: I know, <laughs> just about. <laughs>
1: that's possibly it. That's possibly it. I think, obviously, Colorado leaving MLR was gutting, but they obviously had a clear path and clear direction of what they wanted to do. And sometimes... Well not sometimes, but I think when you have that kind of drive when the when the group there had that drive to, to do what they wanted to do mm-hmm. and obviously for it to have kind of be working out so far, I think that's kind of Yeah. It's tremendously positive. It's tremendously positive.
0: I, I'm in that boat too because like even being so close to it and seeing it like I had never imagined that you know, they'd put four guys in the MLR and one guy back in the NFL after five months, six months of, of existence. And for it, for to see guys like Jalen Robinson, obviously for the, uh, Giltinis and Maake Moody and, and Maake is a little bit different because he was a guy that, you know, had a contract to play with Dallas and it was a developmental contract. So when, when Dallas folded, he was just kind of, you know, off on his own. And, uh, but, but something like this gave him the chance to get in here and, just play more rugby, which is something that we just mentioned. You didn't have the opportunity to do, you know, that, that ultimately, that was a few extra weeks and months of work, you know, earned him this contract with, with the Giltinis and both Gila and Maaki have been, they've been logging minutes, man. They've been, they they look like they belong, which is what I kind of talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago. And I think that's the most important thing about it is they don't look, they're not out there looking lost. They have, they know what's going on. And they're, you know, they're competing and they're helping the team win all, you know, most importantly. So uh and the thing too is like you can tell they these guys love it. Like they're they don't they didn't know anything about it when they get in here but the, the more they learn and the more they you know are around the game they they love it and they're it's ingrained in them to work hard just because of the way that these big D1 college football programs are operated or if you make it to the NFL you're not going to make it because you're not a hard worker. So yeah. uh you know i talked about on the show quite a bit before but Jalen see him every day he keeps he's throwing the he's doing you know his line out throws 100 times a day up in the beam on the wall in the gym like so he, yeah. he, he they've all earned this and they've taken it very seriously and so it's cool to see him working out david still's the other guy wind up in austin break a little news to you job there's a couple more guys i've heard rumblings mm-hmm. of signing here the next couple of weeks or next few days even uh, so just more people to keep an eye on as some of you know these these teams are a little bit thinner for international duty so Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to tell you off air because that's a a little bit secret right now, but uh, (laughs) in the next few days I would, I would assume that'll come to light. And so it'll be, yeah, I think two more people is what I heard. So, but you know, by July there'll have been six guys in MLR and one guy back in the NFL and they brought on like 30 people at the beginning. So pretty good percentages so far. Interested to see where it goes. Uh, that's, that's that man. (laughs)
1: That's quite. Sorry, yeah. So, like, but that's the point. I think what everyone said about US rugby for so long, and Canadian rugby as well. I think because there's such a diverse range of sports that are the the big sports. You know, Mm -hmm. like the everyone's always said, oh well, you know, the US has the capability to have all these really good athletes on a rugby pitch. But what what's what was the avenue before the last two three years for them to? get the opportunity to play loads of rugby and not have to worry about a nine to five job on top of that. Yeah. Because for a lot of people it was sink or swim. For yeah. a lot of people it was, oh, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit the NFL dream after being an undrafted free agent. And I'm just going to go work at a, I don't know what people do. Uh, they, yeah. they use a college degree. Anything, or they don't, do anything. They. <laughs> yeah. They,
0: I'm going to go work a sales job. I'm going to go work in a warehouse. I'm going to go like do anything. So that that's kind of the point you're making is like, they're too good of athletes to not to just be me, like to just be a regular person, right? Like, the and the, if this provides them an opportunity to to you know play rugby and just not have to get a real job for a while, to be honest, like that would have been nice. Would not have been nice, Joe. You graduate college and then you get paid to work out and run around with your friends. I would have liked to do that.
1: I think that's what I do do, to be honest. Yeah, uh- I, in a way. <laughs> in a way for sure yeah exactly but that's the thing like i mean i mean a lot of guys if they want to start playing rugby to try and see where it can take them it was literally like rock up at a club and just see what happens yeah and you know that was that was again part of the issue and, with, and, with kind of usa rugby
0: and realistically like how often is that going to happen that's like almost never yeah. right like you're not just going to go out of your way to go try to do this new thing that you're going to look bad at for a while and so, you know, I think it's an interesting, it's interesting. It just, that's like the best way to describe it. It's just been interesting, man. It's been, it's been the most fun I've ever had, like doing work, being around these guys, like talking to these guys, getting to know their stories. And then obviously now seeing the results of, of what's happening. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing how it plays out the rest of the time. You know, it should be, you would think that it would only get better and more successful. So, uh, only time will tell.
1: It will, it will. All right, so Joe. I, I think it's definitely on the best. It's on the best starting spot. I think. Yeah,
0: I would agree with you. I think this is uh, this is uh, already above what I had expected. Um. So, Joe, I have a I have a segment on the show every week. It's called required reading. So I assign everyone homework, and, and when I have writers or podcasters on, like I, I try to, you know, incorporate their work and I'll link it into the article that houses this podcast. So, Joe, you got to give me a required reading. What has been like? A, you know, you just wrote this this big old piece on USA Rugby that I read. Uh, you want to put that in there, or you have another favorite piece that that you want to include in there? Could be some stuff done for M L R. True, uh, not your cricket stuff because that wouldn't be applicable. Obviously, <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions about that here in a second. But what's a piece we got to plug for required reading this week?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's such a hard one because I've done. I'm going to make it an MLR piece because there's been a few decent MLR pieces that I've been really happy with. Um, I'm going to say because, so there's two that spring to mind. One was the one I did with Sean McNulty of Gary Giltini's. But then the other one is a guy with a guy called Stan South, who was, who's from England and then signed for Old Glory during the most recent off season. Um, Those two for me are the best, two of the best MLR pieces I've written outside of MLR. Okay um and that's because the only reason i say that outside of mlr is because obviously there's certain things that you that are allowed on mlr as you know yeah and certain things that aren't allowed and in terms of talking to guys about the experiences they've had and how they've got there for example i think that's a really interesting kind of point of view yeah uh, and that's why i enjoy getting the opportunities i mean even the piece that i did with mark o'keefe actually to be fair that was yeah that quite was a good one an, an interesting look yeah it was. I mean, I, my only fear was, and I don't know if you saw this on the uh, rugby network app, but when it said 11 minutes reading time, I was quite concerned that people yeah, were going to just not that's bother. That's not <laughs> accurate though.
0: Like, I don't. I wonder who is the like base. What is a base for that? Because even your your USA rugby piece was like like six and a half minutes or something. And it did not take me that long to read that.
1: No, so I mean,
0: we we got to my... get them on the phone. <laughs> I guess I get some questions to <laughs> ask you about that too. I won't do it on the show, but we got to get them on the phone. I need to. <laughs>
1: I need to know who yeah, is the who's the those.
0: baseline for the for the reading time?
1: <laughs> it's an interesting one. I don't know the thing is I don't know if it's just a computer kind of thing. It just says how many words is it and then just yeah. it says like point two seconds per word or something Right. Like whatever. That. God knows. But um yeah, I'd say do you know if I had say one, I'd probably say Yeah, the Stan South piece. I'll send that to you. Yeah, send it to me. To send crawling. it to me. I'll, I'll throw
0: I'll <laughs> throw it up on the uh, in the article that houses his podcast and then that's the rule. Everyone has to read it. I don't, you know, no pop quizzes or anything. It's all, you know, I'm, I'm trusting the people to, to go do the work that I assign them. Um, oh, cool, man. Uh, I guess the last thing, Joe, well, oh, I got to ask you about cricket first. So, Joe, just tell me, like, I don't know anything about cricket. One thing I do know, like, how long is a, is, is it a match? How long is a cricket, like, contest last? Because that's what well, I hear. It's so like, you, you can just go for 12 hours. You just get really drunk and... <laughs> sit out there, try not to get clobbered by the, whatever the ball is called. It's just
1: a ball. It's just a ball. It's just a ball. That's a yeah. good piece of knowledge it's, to know. So it's a leather bound ball. Maybe okay. that's the way to describe right. it. So it's got a seam on it and it's kind of got grip and obviously. It's like a baseball then it, yeah. a little bit. I'm a, I'm a little a bit. It right seems a bit different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, how do I explain cricket? Cause there's several different formats of cricket and this is so boring already. I know. <laughs> um, so there's essentially four different. Well, there's probably more than four, but I mean, I'll talk about the main kind of ones a yeah, minute. Yeah,
0: so, what like what kind of cricket like are you watching? Are you watching all these different types? Like what's like the, yeah, the uh, big cricket like where you where you live?
1: I'll watch it. I'll. I mean, I watch Indian, every single one okay, because all, all the teams. So it's kind of split into counties. So obviously we've got. I mean, I don't know how many counties in the UK, but. Um, I suppose that's not the important thing. So you have your, your big counties and they all house different teams and sometimes the players will interchange with different formats and stuff. Um, so, and it's all to do with these things called overs and an over is six balls bowled.
0: Okay. That's like a so pitch, have, right?
1: Yeah, it's, okay. it's equivalent to a pitch. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and you have, and I suppose it's the same with, with baseball, but you have different kinds of bowlers. So, some of them will be like fast fast bowlers so they'll bowl at 90 miles an hour plus okay um and then you'll have like some some people who kind of intermediate so that'll be between 80 and 90 kind of period and then you'll have guys called spin bowlers who make the ball land on a certain way on the pitch on the wicket and it will spin in certain ways and things like that okay Um, so
0: you're throwing curveballs and stuff then right
1: exactly exactly but but they kind of specialize as opposed to have to master each one right sort of right interesting this this is getting cut out i know but no um, this, is it's, <laughs> in. this is staying in
0: this is good stuff
1: and then you've got you've got your kind of class a cricket i'm just trying to make sure my laptop's not going to die but uh <laughs> you've got you've, you've got yeah. your class a cricket and um, maybe i'm hoping it will die um yeah. <laughs> but you've got your uh, <laughs> you've got your class a cricket which is the one that's all day that usually runs between like if you, it's a normal day and it's not like a day nighter or something like that. that will go between ten AM and six PM.
0: Okay. That's a long day. So, That's like a work day. Yeah. So
1: eight yeah, or is exactly. cricket? Pretty much. There's a there's a few breaks in between, like they have lunch, they have um it's two 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 drinks breaks and then tea. Okay. Because tradition is to. a big thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um so I guess to, yeah. to get out of the
0: weeds. Who who is like the best? What do you even call him? Like cricket player of all time? Who who's like the the Tom Brady of cricket players? Could you even pick one?
1: I don't think I could. I I wouldn't feel it's my place. I mean, if I had to say someone, <laughs> yeah, just give me from, somebody we can look up. Yeah, Sir Jeffrey Boycott. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, I mean, he, he's before my time, but even like. Uh, I went to these things before COVID it was, it's a theater and we, and it was an evening with Sir Jeffrey kind of thing, um, wow.
0: Sir Jeffrey boycott. Um,
1: I think he's, I think he's yeah, he a is, I he just also, Googled him. He is actually a night. I want to make sure because I don't know if it's just a, a Yorkshire thing to call him Sir Jeffrey boycott. Um,
0: what does OBE after his name
1: mean? Order of the British empire. Okay. Dude, I'm <laughs> learning like, so
0: much. This is like a, man, it's cool.
1: <laughs> and he was just one of the best batsmen ever. Um, but he obviously played. He played at a time before there was these like one-day kind of formats of the game. So, like a one-day, so for example, like a one-day game, that's fifty overs. So that's fifty times six per okay. team, unless each unless ten players are kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a long day. I mean, like the thing is, I went to a game yesterday. I went to Birmingham, which is quite close to me, with a friend uh, who I write with and we were expecting to be there until 10 o'clock at night um it was over within two hours so Uh we were we were trying we were we realized we didn't have to book a hotel we could have just gone home instead of booking a hotel spending more money and all this and it was over within two hours and we just kind of looked at each other and said well what do we do now because we had this whole evening of (laughs) cricket and that was that was meant to be 20 overs per team that's a t20 game so we uh, run through.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good cricket talk, Joe. Thank you for all that. That's enlightening stuff. We have plenty of stuff to look up in Google now. I'm going to watch this guy's <laughs> highlight tape if it, if it exists. Uh, so, Ooh. Joe, last question I want to ask you before I, I let you go. I know I don't want your computer to die. Thank you for your time. Obviously, we've been been chatting it up for quite a while here, so I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, how can people follow you? I know you got this big fancy blue check mark. finally. So, <laughs> so give us the handles and how we keep up with all the stuff you're doing.
1: Yes, oh god, the check! Uh, the, check's, uh, the check comes up a lot. I'll tell you that. Um,
0: it's it's got too. No write. one's writing.
1: No one's writing me any checks for it. Minute, but, you know. But, um, yeah, so it's just at Joe Harvey on Instagram, Twitter, and. Even Facebook, if you just type in that Joe Harvey three, four, uh, J-O-E-H-A-R-V-E-Y three, four. Uh, and that's usually how people find me. And then either they'll follow me or like me or, or just kind of block me. It's kind of up to them from
0: that Right. that <laughs> All right, Joe. Thank you so much for your time, man. Always good catching up with you. It's been too long. I got to get you on sooner. Can't let it be over a year this next time.
1: No, it's been an absolute pleasure. And honestly, thank you for listening to my ramblings. And I, I, I do kind of go down a, a rabbit hole every now and then.
0: All right, I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation with Joe Harvey. Big shout-out to Joe for chatting with me for so long. I know it was kind of a, a longer one, and it's nighttime there, so he's trying to get some stuff done before he goes to bed and then gets up and gets after the cricket tomorrow, like he was saying. So I appreciate Joe taking the time to come chat with me. The guests make the show. I, don't know, I always love chopping it up with Joe, so we're going to have to try to get him on, You know, not let a year pass in between guest appearances for him because that's too long. Uh, moving into the required reading portion of the show, if you listen to that whole interview, you'll know that Joe Harvey assigned us some required reading. So the, the piece that he wants us to read is Stand South exclusive. I didn't want to be holding a pad for the rest of my life as not published in Talking Rugby Union back at the end of May. So I will link that in the article that houses this podcast. And if you're reading in iTunes or Spotify or whatever, you pop up the description. It's linked right there, too. So make sure you go check that piece out by Joe always want to support the guests when we can. Thank you for to Joe for picking that out for us. It always is helpful to not have to pick something out for that portion of the show. So make sure you check that out. Like I said, it will be linked nice and easy to find. We'll go ahead and close the show with the loop. Second snake draft have has been released. So if you're listening to this, go back to the podcast right before this. Of course, you're listening to this. How would you hear this if you weren't listening to it? Uh, Henry Chisholm from DNVR Buffs joined Justin, Michael, and I as we drafted a Rugby 7s team out of all-time great CU athletes, almost said CSU again. It was a great time. Uh, I talked to Henry about it before, like at the top of that podcast, but being a CSU guy, I didn't really grow up a CU fan. So what Henry lacked in rugby knowledge, I lacked in CU knowledge, kind of balanced out well. Uh, Congrats to me for winning the CSU Rugby 7s snake draft that, you know, put out last week. Uh, but it looks like Justin's going to beat me in the CU draft, so congrats to Justin. Uh, beat me pretty comfortably, too, unfortunately, but that's all right. That's why you play the game. Uh, I will have a couple of pieces out over the next few weeks. It's crazy how fast summer's flying by. It's already July. It feels weird to say that. And the best way to keep up with everything we're doing at the NVR Rugby, the best way to see the snake drafts, the best way to read the pieces... All that good stuff is to follow along on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. Uh, that's the best way to keep up with all that good stuff. And that's how you see the new stuff. Like I said, that's how that's how you vote in the polls if you listen to the snake draft. That's how you decide a winner because it's decided by the people. That's how you stay connected. So give us a follow. Keep up with all the cool stuff we're doing at DNVR. Check out the DNVR.com to read all the good stuff on rugby, on football, college sports, Broncos, Avs, Nuggets, Rockies, video games, you name it. Got it covered at DNVR. That's the show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you had a great week. I hope you have a happy and safe 4th of July weekend. Hope you enjoy all the matches this weekend. Cheer on the Eagles. Uh, I will catch you all back here next Wednesday for another Snake Draft. Have a great weekend, everybody.